Demons Discuss, Take 78, the one with the enchanted radio. Welcome to Demons Discuss, the unofficial podcast about the All Souls universe and the topics that orbit it. We're your hosts, Angela Jean and Valerie. I'm Valerie. With me is Angela and Jean. Hello. Hello. Hi, everyone. Since we timestamped ourselves last time, you want to timestamp us today? Yeah. Happy Halloween. Yes. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. We're, trying to, we're trying to sneak in a recording before the veil completely lifts at my house and all hell breaks loose. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so happy birthday. Related Halloween, everybody. By the time you listen to this, it is also was it three days till the election? Solen and it's Solen and blessed be. yeah, blessed be. Um, three days to the American election. So don't tell us what happens, guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if our hearts can take it. Oh <laughs> um, uh, yeah, there's a whole lot going on. Yeah, and a lot of it's not good. But I digress. Hey. That's for the after show. <laughs> So, you know, we're going to put blessings on this. Yes. Jerry, we forgot to tell Jerry not to fuck with us today. Yeah, Jerry, Jerry. Just don't fuck Happy with holidays. Us. Yep. <laughs> right. Your time is soon. <laughs> yes. We'll talk to you later tonight. <laughs> Angela, leave, leave some Snickers bars out for Jerry. Yeah. <laughs> There's a new Holzer files out, so he can watch with me if he wants. Oh, that's... Oh, there you go. There's treats for you, Jerry. So yeah. look at that. Ooh. And we also watched one of the new Unsolved Mysteries is all about the tsunami ghosts. Yes. Ooh, it's so good. But I digress again. I got to get to that episode. No, I agree. As far as All Souls, what are we talking about, Angela? Ooh, All Souls. Uh, yeah, all yeah. Souls. We're going to talk about uh, the Book of Life, Chapter 10. One of my favorite chapters. I'll get into it later when we get to the part. But you know how I always echo Sarah and Diana's relationship with mine and Harlow's, and this is what turned me on Sarah. So, ah, yeah, it is a good chapter. All right, so let's talk about Patreon really quick. This podcast is sponsored by our listeners who sponsor us on Patreon. So, with their help, we're able to pay for web space, media hosting, music, image licensing, domain hosting, and renewals, uh, programs to edit the podcast, and recording equipment. And that sounds like a lot because it actually is. And you might be asking the question, is it possible to do this on a shoestring budget? Um, absolutely. Go back and listen to episodes <laughs> 1 through 15 for an yes. idea of what that sounds like. <laughs> exactly. Uh, we do this because we love it and we want the best listening experience for you all. So Gene, tell the people about joining Patreon. Joining joining Patreon is easy. We have a number of levels. The, the entry level is $2 a month and that gets you the after show every Every other week. As the levels go up, in addition to the after show, you get different types of swag, and it depends on what Valerie's in the mood to create, and there's always more that... We, we always over-deliver on our promises, so we'll put it that way. I got more shit! <laughs> Exclusive tote bags and stickers and magnets and oh all my. kinds of stuff. Oh my, indeed. Oh, mm -hmm. So, it's, it's certainly worth it, and then we have Demon Roulette every quarter, and that's a contest that's open to all of our patrons, and and the prize packages can be very fun. <laughs> I'll just say that. Some of them are comparable to our contests that are open to open internationally. So there's that. There is that. Oh, yeah. And, you know, the little thing called the after show. Oh, 
audience? No, I, I mentioned that. Did you? At yeah, $2, yes. For $2, you get the after show. I didn't say fortnightly. That's why you didn't hear me. <laughs> <laughs> I said every other week. <laughs> Mix things up. That's, right. why, that's why I didn't cue my brain. It's like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, Pavlov off week. Oh, I know what that is. <laughs> Wait, where's fortnightly? <laughs> okay, so if you're interested in joining, go to patreon.com slash demons discuss. And with that, we're going to go on to discuss your emails. Who's got something for us? I have one from Chloe. Yay, Chloe! She says, hi, demons. I'm currently in the middle of preparing my home for Halloween party. I will include a photo of some of it. When I cracked open this chapter, it made me smile. I'm Greek, and this chapter reminded me of cooking with my yaya and mother. I would be instructed to watch carefully each step, occasionally stirring the bowl. It is amazing what you remember by watching and how memories of these events always fill you with joy. I agree. Happy yeah. Halloween to everyone and may 2020 piss off. Your vampire down under Chloe. Thank you, Chloe. <laughs> Thanks, Chloe. Yes. Jean, what do you have? Oh, I have one from our journeyman demon, Zoe. It's a little bit long, but it's worthwhile. Okay. Hi, Angela, Jean, and Val. Putting the brain melt aside, Val. It happens to all of us, especially at the moment. Yeah, for real. I thought I'd better rise to the challenge of your last minute called arms. So on the eve of part one of the virtual ASC Con 2020, a few thoughts on chapter 10 of the Book of Life. It's nice to see Diana and Sarah working almost harmoniously together in the still room. And we and Diana realize that Sarah is actually a very knowledgeable witch, especially with her explanation of the colors of Diana's weaver cords. I was particularly pleased to know that dark doesn't mean evil. I love the creation of protection charms against monsters and nightmares, foreshadowing here as Diana puts this lesson to good use later for Jack. Mirror shimmers, monster shake, banish nightmares until we wake. Another useful spell for our current times, if Diana hadn't killed it, of course, would have been Maud Bishop's an exceedingly great charm for drawing clean air into the place, seeing as proper ventilation is apparently key to reducing COVID infection rates. Mm. All great stuff, but my favorite part is the constant playing Fleetwood Mac. I play them often myself on my commute, when I'm not listening to Demons Discuss, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I love the fact that Sarah hates it, but then Diana starts humming along. (laughs) Sarah's frustration at being stuck in the still room with that going on was palpable. Oh, and I almost forgot. Steven's ghost appearing at the end. Yay! Great chapter. I'm getting excited for the con part one tomorrow. Hope you enjoy it too. I suppose you'll be watching after your recording. Well, until next time, take care, ladies. Your journeyman demon, Zoe. Thank you, Zoe. Thank you, Zoe. Thank you, Zoe. It's awesome. I know. Yeah, and Sarah would be a little upset that that TikTok blew up <laughs> with dreams. Oh. <laughs> the dreams challenge. Oh, my God. The dreams no challenge, kidding. yeah. <laughs> oh. I love that thing. Oh, my gosh. So when I listened to it, when I went to go edit um, Take 77, uh, I listened uh-huh. to it. I was like, wow, that was way back then. <laughs> the TikTok, because, oh, you know, they yeah, came uh-huh. up with one uh, during the debate with the fly doing the TikTok yes, challenge. Yes. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. I'm going to put that in the show notes, guys. Y'all have to see that. Oh, I think there's also a TikTok of, uh, it's either Lindsay Buckingham or Stevie Nicks doing this. Stevie Nicks did one on her roller skates in her house. Oh my and, God, <laughs> And then Lindsay Buckingham did one. I don't know. Of if course he, was he right. had a like bandwagon. Yes, yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> That's so Lindsay. Oh. <sighs> 
All right. So mine is not from the Barbara Files because she said this yesterday. So yay. Okay. Yay. But it is from Barbara. So from Barbara. She says, hello, Demon Divas. So very happy we are back here again. Are we still coping? Anyone back to quasi normal? No, Mm -mm. we're not. No. Mm -mm. We're going back to very abnormal. I'm that after next week. Yes. Yes. And also our COVID numbers are spiking and no. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, I digress. Anyway. (laughs) Okay. One topic in this chapter that interested me was the dream pillows. Diana correctly chose the contents, much to Sarah's surprise and delight, but included five beans. Got me wondering why five? Why not three or six? Well, it turns out that the five is a powerful and special number. Think about it for a minute. There are five senses, five fingers, five toes, five appendages to the human body. And if that body is spread eagled, it forms a pentacle, a five-pointed <laughs> Sometimes star. Sometimes there's six. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Sorry. I've got, I've got Sarah Nicholas on the brain right now. Oh, <laughs> no. Here we go. <laughs> Okay. I digress. <laughs> <laughs> we give high fives in celebration. There are five Olympic rings. And finally, what indicates the best achievement or penultimate of powers? Five stars. Oh, yeah. Almost forgot. The fifth sign of the Zodiac is Leo. Now, what characters born under that sign? None other than Professor Bishop. Once again, as she so often does, Deb opens up my mind and makes me Google until my eyes fall out. Thanks, Professor. Take care, divas. Mask up, wash up, drink up, smoke them if you got them. Peace and love, (laughs) Barbara. (laughs) Thank you, Barbara. Thank you, Barbara. Ah, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) The third leg got me. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Didn't think of that, did you, Barbara? (laughs) (laughs) She must not have been on on historical Twitter the other day. (laughs) Oh my god, that ass. That was the earliest crash into the ditch we've done in a long, long fucking <laughs> during a discussion email. Missed, I've missed the ditch. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, guys. This chapter discussion is brought to you by Becca Vork. Thank you, Becca. Thank you, Thank you Becca. So let's start the wagon. So we left off in chapter nine with Diana's realization that the goddess was in the room with her when she was discussing her new powers with Matthew. Wow. Swikes. Yeah, I know. That's we not good. Chapter 10, and we are joining Diana and Sarah in the still room. So I know we already said it. Angela, I've already told you this is my favorite chapter in this whole thing. You just expressed it. Jean, what did you think? This same thing. This is where, it, especially this reading with Sarah, is kind of like, man, empathy was very powerful here when I put myself. Yes. It's like she's an extremely knowledgeable woman, and all through this story, she's been kind of like sidelined and kind of put up with a, a lot way, of shit from Diana. Put up with a lot of crap from Diana, and it seemed the focus was more on her. I don't want to even say bigotry now because that's not really fair. Yeah, um, ignorance maybe. Her insularity. Yeah. Mm. 
Yeah. I think she's a very insular, private person in a lot of ways. I mean, not only having been a bishop witch and always the focus of jealousy amongst other witches. Yeah. She also had the problem of being marginalized because she's in in a relationship with another woman. Yep. And then she's probably also marginalized because she's the one that has to be strong. Yeah. When her sister sister and brother-in-law died and she's raising a child that she doesn't feel equipped to be raising. Yeah. I, I I don't think Sarah ever counted on raising a child other than to be the helpful aunt. Right. Yeah. She brought all her grief, you know, she's just carrying it around and all of her feelings about Rebecca. And I think all of that played into a certain way she's depicted in the story up until now. And then here she is in her element and she is so knowledgeable. And frankly, her garden is just a reflection of her. Of the care and time she takes. And the the, just the the sheer magnet size of it and the impressiveness of it and, and the, just the magnitude, because even Diana with her smart ass comment about, well, it must have taken seven someones to take care of it because it's huge. It's like, yeah, it's not just huge. It's like there's so much care and so much thought and so much knowledge in, in the types of fencing and how it's laid out and right how she's set it up to be different things to the community. I yeah. mean, I think that's a lot of her, that, that garden's an expression of her soul. And I just yeah, yeah. love that. And that really struck me hard, hard, hard in this chapter. I think once again, our view of Sarah is from what Diana tells us. So to this point, I mean, yes, at the end of Discovery Witches, Sarah got to speak on her own and she was abrasive and she has flaws like the rest of us. But mm-hmm. from the most part, we know what Diana thinks of her. So that's our picture of her. And it's just yeah. like a child's mm-hmm. view of their parent. They don't know all the things that are going on in the background, all the things that they're facilitating to make happen, how talented of a witch she really is. So it's almost damaging to find Diana's view expressed to us and not damaged beyond repair. But this is the flip side of it. This is where we can finally see a bigger picture. One thing I noted with her is um, Mm -hmm. her view, Sarah's view of Rebecca. And when she was telling Diana about her grimoire and her work with dark magic and everything, Sarah felt to me like she was in awe of her sister and felt like, oh, she stopped all she started worrying about with anthropology when she hooked up with Steven. But that's not true <laughs> because nope. even Diana says, oh, well, not in our house. She did some really powerful magic. Mm-hmm. But and also it makes me wonder about their relationship, how everybody seemed to she had legendary powers. Even Matthew said she's, you know, legendary for her powers. Yes. When he was talking to Hamish, it's like, I hear she's a powerful witch. So witches have been talking about her. And here's little Sarah doing her hard work and her tried mm-hmm. and true steady magic that nobody's paying attention to because here's Rebecca getting all the attention. It's not flashy. I mean, that's the thing. She's a master at everything that's not flashy. Yes. Oh, I was going to build on what Angela was saying about we're seeing her through Diana's eyes. And I mean, on top of just from a childlike view, I think some of it's self-protection. Diana sees Sarah in a certain way, so she doesn't have to look too hard at some of her own behaviors. True. Yeah. And if Diana rejected magic because, you know, she was trying to pretend she was human, she wouldn't know all the things that Sarah can do. Or even if she does, mm-hmm. she doesn't know why they're even important. Yeah. All she saw her was as this annoying teacher who was trying to get her to do magic that mm-hmm. she couldn't do properly. Yeah. Well, the fact that she grabbed the rue, I think, was a pretty t- just a pretty telling beat in that chapter. And Sarah's just like, don't touch that. You're pregnant. Da-da-da-da-da. It's like, yeah, it was a beautiful little microcosm of all the things that Diana doesn't know, despite all of her flashy magic. Right. And 
And also it brought me back to Discovery of Witches where Diana's bringing down the tea that Mart sent home with her. Mm-hmm. And the first thing Sarah says is, don't you want to go to a doctor? Why would you use that? <laughs> <laughs> because Sarah smelled it and knew exactly what exactly the fuck what it, it was. was. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Damn tea. <laughs> Damn tea. Okay. So let's start here. I stumbled downstairs the next morning, exhausted from my encounter with the witch water and the vivid dreams that had followed. Sarah says, the house was awfully quiet last night. She was standing behind the old pulpit with her reading glasses perched at the end of her nose, red hair wild around her face, and the bishop grimoire opened in front of her. The sight would have given Emily's Puritan ancestor, Cotton Mather, fits. And this is the first time we've heard that Emily was related to Cotton Mather. Mm -hmm. There's some background on him. Easter egg confirmed. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I'll put it in the show notes, everybody. So, you know, if you're listening and you don't spoil it, it's in the show notes. Okay. (laughs) So Diana says, really? I didn't notice. She trailed her fingers through the old wooden dough trowel that held fresh pickled or fresh pickled. (laughs) Nasty. (laughs) Fresh picked lavender. Soon the herbs would be hanging upside down to dry from the twine running between the rafters. A spider was adding to that serviceable web with a silken version of her own. I have a thought about the comment about the house being quiet. It kind of piqued my interest when I read it this morning. And I'm wondering if the house kind of deferred to the presence of the goddess. Hmm. Because it sounds to me like Sarah saying, yeah, there wasn't a lot of background magic going on last night. Hmm. So the house is like, oh, shit. (laughs) Damn, mom's here. (laughs) The boss is here. We better calm down. We better calm down, right? Yeah. So Diana says, you've certainly been busy this morning. The milk thistle heads were in the sieve, ready to be shaken to free the seeds from their downy surrounds. Bunches of yellow flowered rue and button-centered feverfew were tied with string and ready for hanging. Sarah had dragged out her heavy flower press and there was a tray of long aromatic leaves waiting to go into it. Bouquets of newly harvested flowers and herbs sat on the counter, their purpose not yet clear. There's a lot of work to do, Sarah said. Someone's been tending to the garden while we were gone, but they have their own plots to take care of. And the winter and spring seeds never got into the ground. And Diana's thinking to herself, several anonymous someones must have been involved, given the size of the witch's garden at the bishop house. Thinking to help, I reach for a bunch of rue. The scent of it would always remind me of Satu and the horrors that I experienced after she took me from the Garden of Septor to La Pierre. Sarah's hand shot out and intercepted. Pregnant woman, don't touch rue, Diana. If you want to help me, go to the garden and cut moonwort. Use that. And she pointed to the white-handled knife. You guys know the one that she used to save Matthew. She, like, slashed her wrist and the drink, you know, that whole thing. Yeah, we got too many recaps in, in the space of one page. Yeah, it was clever. Really sure. Moonwort's that plant with the pods on it, right? <laughs> Diana, she's like, I don't know. <laughs> it's like me going to the garage to look for a tool yeah. for Brad. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. The pointy thing. I don't thing. know. No, Sharp it one. sounds more like Chinese lantern she's talking about. <laughs> right. Those are orange. <laughs> So Sarah sets her straight. Purple flowers, long stalks, Papery looking flat discs, Sarah instructed with more patience than usual. Cut the stems down to the base of the plant. We'll separate the flowers from the rest of them before we hang them out to dry. So this is Sarah being more patient than usual Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. Diana is willing to listen this time. There's kind of a cause and effect here. It's like you were being closed minded before. So she Sarah would lose her patience. We saw that in the TV show. 
There was a whole lot of, but now here they're actually finally working together. And Mm -hmm. I love that. That's the best for me. Yes. Here's the description of Sarah's garden. Sarah's garden was tucked into a far corner of the orchard where the apple trees thinned out and the cypresses and oaks of the forest didn't yet overshadow the soil. This is key. (laughs) Trying to grow anything when you've got a bunch of oak trees is hard because the shade... The shade. Our mm. back, our backyard ran into that problem quite a bit at our old house because it was basically an oak grove. When our last house, when we had the shade, we had a lot of shade at our last house. So I was like, fuck it. I guess I'm planting ferns. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> That's it. Okay. It was surrounded by palisades of fencing made from metal posts, wire mesh, picket, pickets, retool pallets. If it could be used to keep out rabbits, voles, and skunks, Sarah had used it. What is a vole? Is that not like a mole? Yes. Yeah, okay. they're little. Voles yeah. are little. They're they're little and they're underground. Ah, so like a mole. Yes, <laughs> but is with a V. In, <laughs> is it one and the same? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hi, everybody. This is present day Val just breaking in to inform and instruct. <laughs> okay, so here is the difference. One way to distinguish the difference is by the diet of each animal. Moles with an M, are meat eaters, and their diet consists of insects, grubs, and earthworms. Voles, with a V, on the other hand, are vegetarians and eat the roots and stems of plants. And the more you know, save your trip to the show notes, but I'll also include it in the show notes. Okay, Val out. For extra security, the whole perimeter was smudged twice a year and watered with protection spells. So that's interesting. Inside the enclosure, Sarah had recreated a bit of paradise. Some of the garden's wide paths led to shady glens where the ferns and the other tender plants found shelter in the shadows of the taller trees. Others bisected the raised vegetable beds that were closest to the house with their trellises and bean poles. Normally, these would be covered with vegetation sweet peas and snap peas and beans of every description, but they were skeletal this year. I skirted Sarah's small teaching garden where she instructed the coven's children and sometimes their parents, because I would be one of the parents. I'd be like, please teach me. Uh (laughs) Remedial training, please. (laughs) I need the basics. On the elemental associations of various flowers, plants and herbs, her young charges had put up their own fence using paint stirrers, willow twigs and popsicle sticks to demarcate their sacred space from the larger garden. Easy to grow plants like alfor and yarrow help the children understand the seasonal cycle of birth, growth, decay and fallowness that guided any witch's work in the craft. A hollow stump served as a container for mint and other invasive plants. That's a good idea. It just shows Mm -hmm. how respected she is in the community. I mean, if people are willing to send their children to her and they're willing to go to her. Yeah. yeah. Help me too. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Two apple trees marked the center of the garden and a hammock spanned the distance between them. It was wide enough to hold both Sarah and Em and had been their favorite spot for dreaming and talking late into the warm summer nights. Beyond the apple trees, I passed through a second gate into the garden of a professional witch. Sarah's garden served the same purpose as one of my libraries. It provided a source of inspiration and refuge, as well as information and the tools to do her job. I found the three-foot-high stems topped with purple flowers that Sarah wanted, mindful to leave enough to self-seed for next year. Well, she knew enough to do that. I wouldn't. I would have picked them all. (laughs) (laughs) I filled the wicker basket and returned to the house. 
There my aunt and I worked in companionable silence. She topped off the moonwort flowers, which she would use to make a fragrant oil, and return the stems to me so I can tie a bit of twine around each one. No bunches here for fear of damaging the pods. And hang them to dry. Diana wants to know, how would you use the pods? And Sarah says, protection charms. When school starts in a few weeks, there'll be a demand for them. Moonwort pods are especially good for children since they keep monsters and nightmares away. Cora, (laughs) who was napping in the still room loft, cocked her eyes in Sarah's direction. Like, you talking about me, bitch? (laughs) (laughs) And smoke billowed from her nose and mouth and a fire drakes her roof. And then Sarah says, I've got something else in mind for you. And pointing her knife at the fire drake's direction. <laughs> Unconcerned, Cora turned her back. She's like, yeah, look at my ass. Right. <laughs> her tail flopped over the edge of the loft and hung like a pendulum. It's spade-shaped tip moving gently <laughs> to and fro. So that's how a fire drake says, fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. Look at my ass. Yeah. <laughs> Ducking past it, I tied another moonwort stem to the rafters, careful not to shake loose any of the paper papery ovals that clung to it. How long will they hang before they're dried? I asked, returning to the table. Sarah's like, a week. By then, we'll be able to rub the skin from the pods. Underneath is a silver disc. Like the moon, like a mirror, I said, nodding and understanding, reflecting the nightmare back on itself so it won't disturb the child. Normally, I don't I don't always enjoy when Diana regurgitates information, you know, to kind of explain to the reader, but I really did like this information. I didn't know this. I didn't yeah. make the connection, so it was very informative to me. Sarah nodded, too pleased by my insights. So Sarah liked it, too. <laughs> <laughs> See, one and the same. Yeah. <laughs> Some witches scry with moonwort pods, Sarah continued after a few moments. The witch in Hamilton, who taught the high school chemistry, told me that alchemists collected may dew on them to use as a base for the elixir of life. And then Diana's like, that would require a lot of moonwort, I said with a laugh, thinking of all the water Mary Sidney and I had used in our experiments. I think we should stick to the protection charms. <laughs> okay, then, Sarah smiled. For the kids, I put charms in dream pillows. They're not as spooky as a poppet or a pentacle made of blackberry canes. If you were going to make one, what ingredients would you use for the stuffing? And here's the part where Diana can show how smart she is now. Look what I learned. (laughs) (laughs) So she took a deep breath and focused on the question. Dream pillows did not have to be big after all. The size of the palm of my hand will do. And so she goes, the palm of my hand. So ordinarily, she would have run her fingers through her weaver's cords, waiting on inspiration and guidance to strike. But the cords were inside now, so she's like, when I turned my hands and splayed the fingers wide, shimmering knots appeared over the tracery of veins at my wrist, and the thumb and pinky on my right hand gleamed green and brown, the colors of the craft. Sarah's mason jars glinted in the light from the windows. I moved toward them, running my little finger down the labels until I felt resistance. Agrimony. What the fuck is agrimony? I've never heard of that. Have it's you not an you? element in the periodic chart either, because I said that the other day, right? <laughs> Like, that's not an element. I'm like, oh, agrimony is silver. Agrimony, that feeling that your spouse gives you when they do something stupid that really annoys you. Yes. Oh, that explains it. Thank you, Jean. Thank yes. you. Okay. <laughs> okay, so the next thing her fingers chose was mugwort. And then using it like the pointer on a Ouija board, I tilted my pinky backwards. Any seed. Down moved my fingers. Hops. Up it swooped in a diagonal line to the opposite side. Valerian. So she was thinking to herself, what's that going to smell like? Stinky feet. (laughs) 
<laughs> too pungent, maybe? <laughs> a little. My thumb tingled. A bay leaf, a few pinches of rosemary, and some thyme. I'm like, okay, now it's going to smell like a pork roast. Yes. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. A roast foot. <laughs> <laughs> It's not getting oh any better. No. <laughs> okay. Oh, there's no fix in Valerian. She's thinking to herself, what if the child woke up anyway and grabbed the pillow? And then she says, and five dried beans. And what's killing me about this, she doesn't know why she chose any. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. She just did. Yeah. She just did. It was an odd addition, but my weaver's instinct told me they would make all the difference. Like, okay, I guess we're going with this. And then Sarah's like, I'll be damned. And I'm thinking to myself, Sarah's like, I studied for years to get those ingredients <laughs> <Yeah>. right. <laughs> and this bitch is just cheating with her fingers. But no, no, Sarah was way more charitable than mm-hmm. I would have been. Uh, she says, well, I'll be damned. Sarah pushed her glasses onto her head. She looked at me in astonishment and then grinned. It's like an old charm your great grandmother collected, except hers had Moline. Is mm-hmm. that and that's how I'd say it? <laughs> yeah, Moline and Vervain into it, and no beans. I put the beans in first. I said they should rattle against one another if you shake it. You can tell the kids that the noise will help with the monsters. So yeah, they're nice touch. Sarah's yeah. like, yeah, all right. Now you're thinking like me. And uh, I was gonna say, and, and Barbara's letter, Barbara's note has me thinking about the five and my. My explanation is probably just a little bit more practical. Five's mm-hmm. enough to make noise, but since it's a it's a charm you're putting underneath the pillow, you'll avoid the princess in the pea effect. If you put mm-hmm. too many more ah. beans in there, not fewer beans, you can't hear it. Too many beans, then it's not comfortable. Oh, okay. Like I said, it's not nearly as sexy as five is a magic number, but <laughs> it's what I got. I don't know. When I think of princess of the pea, I just remember the children's book with all those mattresses. Yes. yes. Uh, <laughs> she's like... Still uncomfortable. <laughs> she was the original Karen. <laughs> Pretty much. <Yes>. Pretty much. <laughs> All right. So Sarah says, nice touch. And she wants to know, the moonwort pods, would you powder them or leave them whole? And Diana doesn't know what she's saying or why she's saying it. She's like, oh, sure, let's go with it. <laughs> Sewn into the front of the pillow. I don't even know why. I'm not sure she doesn't know why she's saying it, but we didn't get a whole lot of background right. on how she conducts magic. So I'm going to assume this is something she worked on with the witches in London. Maybe. I don't know. And she did just mm-hmm. mention intuition, which is all we have to, or her yeah. weaver's instinct. Yeah. But herbs were only the first half of a protection charm. Words were needed to go along with them. And if any other witch was going to be able to use it, those words had to be packed with potential. The London witches had taught me a great deal, but the spells I wrote tended to lie flat on the page, inert on anyone's tongue but mine. Most spells were written in rhyme, which made them easier to remember as well as livelier. But I was no poet like Matthew or his friends. I hesitated. And Sarah's like, something's wrong. And she's like, my grammar sucks. And uh, Sarah's like, if I had the slightest idea of what that was, I'd feel sorry for you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. She explains it in a way, and I I know we've explained it in the past in some of our posts, how we saw Grammary. Grammary is like when you have your grandmother who uses like a pinch of salt and this, and she makes this delicious dish, but she doesn't have anything written down. She just knows how to do it. And you're like, give me that recipe. And she's like, 
I don't have a recipe. I can show I just, you. I can show oh. you how to do it. You can take notes, <laughs> but they won't. They may might not be right. But my yeah. mother's raised raised yeast dumplings. Oh yeah, everybody's mom has that recipe, right? But it's not a recipe. It's not. You had to watch her. You do had it. to watch grandma. Grandma had a hers never hers weren't coming out right, and my grandma finally. We all walked through it. That was what solved right. the problem. My mom had this ravioli recipe that was. Mm-hmm very strict to her region where she grew up. It had lemon in it mm-hmm. that tasted wonderful, but she, I had to watch her do it. I had to take notes and then I had to call her back after I made some because it didn't taste quite right. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you left a, you left an ingredient out. What did you <laughs> She's like, you weren't watching closely. I had to like a little detail would make all the difference on how you zest mm-hmm. the lemon or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Did so, you end up with too much rind in it? There. Yeah, too much rind. It wound up bitter. The ricotta yeah. cheese, I didn't drain it enough. I, I didn't drain it enough. And it just wound up it's like, this isn't my mom's. Oh, I watched her do it. That sounds yeah. like the first time we tried to make Alan's mom's brujol. Oh, yeah. And it's like, because we were like, well, do we put the raisins? Because it, it calls for raisins, which was like, mm, I don't know. The first time we made them with that, <laughs> and it was like, oh, the raisins do make the difference. Who knew? Yeah. <laughs> Who knew? But, or making coleslaw, like something you'd think you'd slice the um, the cabbage. Uh-huh. No, the trick is you have to grate it. Oh, to interesting. Get all, to get, get all that juice in there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's like little things. Yeah. Anyway, back to the grammar. Yeah. No, yes. I mean that's that's the magical side of it. But the grammar is a precursor to the word grammar as we know it. The system yes. and structure of language. I mean, how we put words together is important, how we communicate. And same mm-hmm. thing for weavers and witches. Grammary is how a weaver puts magic into words. I can construct spells and perform them myself, but without grammary, they won't work for other witches. So she pointed to the Bishop Grimoire. Hundreds of weavers came up with the words for those spells, and other witches passed them down through the ages. Even now, the spells retain their power. I'm lucky if my spells remain potent for an hour. And so Sarah's like, well, what's the problem? She's like, I don't see spells and words, but in shapes and colors. The underside of my thumb and pinky were slightly discolored. Red ink helped my fire spell. So did arranging the words on the page so that they made kind of a picture. And Sarah's like, okay, show me. And so she pushed a piece of scrap paper with a charred stick in her direction. And then she said, witch hazel. Uh, she explained when I held it up for clarification. I use it as a pencil when I'm trying to copy a spell for the first time. If something goes wrong, the after effects are less. So I'm just like, oh, fuck. How much shit did she blow up trying yeah. to do this? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, now, see, this. That's like making sure you peel off the right, the peel off, right? The zest. Yeah. The after effects are less er, permanent <laughs> than with ink. She colored slightly. One of her unruly spells had caused a cyclone in the bathroom. For weeks, we found spatters of suntan lotion and shampoo <laughs> in the oddest place. <laughs> Okay, so she goes on. I wrote out the spell I devised to set things alight. Careful not to say the words to myself and thereby work the magic. When I was through, the index finger of my right hand was glowing red. This is my first attempt at grammar. It's her fire finger. I thought (laughs) E.T. Looking at it critically before handing it to Sarah, a third grader probably would have done a better job. So uh, I'm going to read this, but it is in a triangular shape. It looks like a Christmas tree almost. Yes. Fire ignite till roaring bright. Extinguish night. Extinguishing night. Ah, fuck it. You know, yeah, well, you, you don't want to get away because you're going to blow up the house. 
I know. Right. <laughs> Audience, just read from your own books. And you'll see it. Okay. Yes. Okay. Uh, it's not that bad, Sarah said. When I looked crestfallen, she hastily added, I've seen worse. <laughs> <laughs> Spelling out fire with the first letter of every line was clever, but why a triangle? Diana says, that's the structure of the spell. It's pretty simple, really. Just a thrice crossed knot. It was my turn to study my work. Funny thing is, the triangle was a symbol many alchemists use for fire. A thrice crossed knot. She looked over the frames of her glasses. You're having one of your Yoda moments. (laughs) (laughs) And this was her way of letting the air out of my vocabulary. I'm making it as plain as I can, Sarah. It would be easier to show you what I mean if my cords weren't inside my hands. I held them up and wiggled my fingers to her. Sarah murmured something and a ball of twine rolled across the table. Will ordinary string do, Yoda? (laughs) (laughs) Damn. I stopped the ball by saying my own spell to arrest its motion. It was heavy with the power of earth and had a thicket of thrice cross knots surrounding it. Sarah twitched in surprise. Of course, I said, pleased by my aunt's reaction. After giving the twine a whack with her knife, I picked up a length of string approximately nine inches long. Every knot has a different number of crossings. Use two of them in your craft, the slip knot and the double slip knot. Those are the two weaver's knots that all witches know. It's when we come to the third knot that things get complicated. I wasn't sure if kitchen twine was up to showing what I meant, though. Knots with, made with my weaver's cords were three-dimensional. But given that I was working with ordinary string, I decided to work on the flat. Holding one end of the length in my left hand, I made a loop to the right, pulled the string loosely under one side of the loop and over the other, and joined the ends together. The result was a trefoil-shaped knot that resembled a triangle. See, three crossings, I said, you try. And when I took my hands off the string, it sprang up into a familiar pyramid with the ends properly fused together into an unbreakable knot. Sarah Gas. Yeah, the trefoil cool. is also a commonly used Celtic knot yeah. pattern. So, And it's the yeah. Girl Scouts. Yeah, it's the Girl yep. Scouts. That's what I was thinking. I thought yeah, they meant right away. Yeah, it's very Catholic as well, or Christian as well. Cool, I said. Plain old string works just fine. <laughs> <laughs> and then Sarah's like, you sound just like your father. And then she poked a knot with her finger. There's one of those hidden in every spell. At least one. Really complicated spells might have two or three knots, each one tying into the threads you saw last night in the keeping room. The ones that bind the world, I smiled. I guess grammar is a disguising spell of sorts. One that hides magic's inner workings. And when you say the words, it reveals them, Sarah said thoughtfully. Let's give yours a go. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh Uh-oh. Before I can warn her, Sarah read the words of my spell out loud. The paper burst into flames in her hand. She dropped it on the table and I doused it with a shower of conjured water. Oops. I thought that was a spell for lighting a candle, not setting a house on fire. (laughs) She exclaimed, looking at the charred mess. Sorry. And that spell is still pretty new. It'll settle down eventually. Grammary can't hold a spell together forever, so its magic weakens over time. It's why spells stop working. Really? Then you should be able to figure out the relative ages of spells. And then Sarah's like, yay, she's rubbing her fingers together. Mm -hmm. Let me get the book. (laughs) Sarah's eyes gleamed. She was a great believer in tradition. And the older a piece of magic was, the more she liked it. Uh Uh-oh. And then... uh, (laughs) 
<laughs> Diana's like, maybe. <laughs> but there are other reasons that spells fail. Weavers have different abilities for one thing, or if words were left out and changed when later witches copy them, that would compromise the magic too. But Sarah's already in front of her spell book. <laughs> Leafing through the pages. Here, look at this one, she says. I always suspected it was the oldest spell the Bishop Grimoire. An exceeding great charm for drawing clean air into any place, I read aloud. One handed down from old Maud Bishop and proven to me by Charity Bishop in the year 1705. In the margins were notes made by other witches, including my grandmother, who had later mastered the spell. A caustic annotation by Sarah proclaimed, utterly worthless. So Sarah made a little <laughs> note. This this is bullshit. It's <laughs> yeah. like Lucy Lucy Van Pelt. This is bullshit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so Sarah's like, well... And then Diana's like, it's dated 1705, so you know how old it is. It's good. We're all good. So Sarah says, yes, but his genealogy goes back beyond that. M could never find out who Maud Bishop was. A relative of Bridget from England, perhaps? This unfinished genealogical research project provided Sarah her first opportunity to mention M's name without sorrow. Vivian was right. Sarah needed me in her still room just as much as I needed to be there. Perhaps, I said again, not trying not to raise unrealistic hopes. Do that thing you did with the jars. Read with your fingers. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just try it. Sarah said, pushing the pulpit towards me. I ran my fingertips lightly over the words and the spell. My skin tingled in recognition as they encountered the ingredients woven into it. The air blowing around my ring finger, a sensation of liquid coursing under the nail of my middle finger, and the explosion of scents that clung to my little finger. Finger. Hyssop, marjoram, and lots of salt, I said thoughtfully. These were common ingredients found in every witch's house and garden. So why won't it work? Sarah was staring at my upraised right hand as though it was an oracle. I'm not sure, I admitted. And you know, I could repeat it a thousand times. It would never work for me. Sarah and her friends in the coven were going to have to figure out what was wrong with Maud Bishop's spell themselves. That or buy a can of air freshener. I mean, she's not wrong there. No. <laughs> like, maybe you can stitch it back together or weave a, weave a patch or whatever it is that witches like you do. <laughs> <laughs> witches like you. <laughs> witches like you. Sarah didn't mean to do it, but her words left me feeling uneasy and isolated. Staring down at the page from the grimoire, I wondered if an inability to perform magic on command was one reason that weavers had been targeted by their communities. It doesn't work that way, I folded my hands on top of the open book and pressed my lips together, withdrawing like a crab into its shell. You said weaving starts with a question. Ask the spell what's wrong. <laughs> hey, spell, what's wrong? <laughs> Uh, I wish I'd never seen Maud Bishop's cleansing spell. Even more, I wish Sarah had never seen it. What are you doing? She just cast a spell, guys. That's what she's doing. <laughs> uh, she pointed at the Bishop Grimoire in horror. Underneath my hands, the writing was unspooling from its neat curlicues. Leftover splatters of ink marred the otherwise blank page. Within moments, there was no trace of Maud Bishop's spell except for a small, tight blue and yellow knot. I stared at it in fascination. And had the sudden urge to don't touch it sarah cried <laughs> waking cora from her slumber i jumped back away from the book and sarah swooped down trapping the knot under a mason jar we both peered at the umo 
unfamiliar magical object. That's new. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now what do we do? I always thought of spells as living, breathing creations. It seems unkind to keep it contained. I'm not sure there's much we can do, Sarah. Took my left hand and flipped it over, revealing a black stained thumb. It's got ink on it, I said. Sarah shook her head. That's not ink. That's the color of death. You killed the spell. (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean I killed it? I snatched my hand away, holding it behind me like a child caught raiding a cookie jar. Sarah's like, don't panic. Rebecca learned how to control it. You can too. And then Diana's like, whoa, what? My mother? I thought of the long look that Sarah and Vivian had exchanged last night. You knew something like this might happen. Only after I saw your left hand, it bears all the colors of the higher magics, like exorcisms, auguries, just like your right hand shows the colors of the craft, Sarah paused. It bears the color of the darker magics, too. Diana's like, good thing I'm right-handed. <laughs> it was an attempt at humor, but the tremor of my voice gave me away. You're not right-handed. You're ambidextrous. You only favor your right hand because that horrible first grade teacher said left-handed children were demonic. Sarah had seen to it that the woman was formally censured. After experiencing her first Halloween in Madison, Miss Summerton had resigned her position. I hate to think what what the informal censorship looked like. (laughs) I'm thinking the witches got together and showed this woman a nice Halloween. (laughs) I'm thinking so too. There was more Treat, there was more tricking than treating. Mm-hmm. Dismembered uh, <laughs> left hands <laughs> visiting her while she sleeps. <laughs> Have them walk around like in the Munsters. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or was it, yeah, was it the Munsters? Adam's or? family. Adam's family, yes. <laughs> I wanted to say I wasn't interested in the higher magics either, but nothing came out. Sarah looked at me sadly. You can't lie to another witch, Diana, especially not a whopper like that. Diana says, no dark magic. And she's thinking to herself, Emily had died trying to summon and bind a spirit, probably my mother. Peter Knox was interested in the darker aspects of the craft, too. And dark magic was bound up in Ashmole 782 as well. Not to mention more than one thumb's worth of death. Sarah's like, dark doesn't mean evil. Is the new moon evil? And it's like... Oh, maybe not. Well, no. (laughs) Well, well, now that you mention it. I shook my head. The dark of the moon is time for new beginnings. Owls, spiders, bats, dragons. Sarah was using her teacher voice. No, I admitted. No, they're not. Humans made up those stories about the moon and nocturnal creatures because they represent the unknown. It's no coincidence that they also symbolize wisdom. There is nothing more powerful than knowledge. That's why we're so careful when we teach someone dark magic. Sarah took my hand. Black is the color of the goddess as crone, plus the color of concealment, bad omens, and death. And these, and she wiggled her other three fingers. Here we have the color of the goddess as maiden and huntress. She said, folding in my silver middle finger. Fuck you, dude. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm 12. Anyway, now I knew why the goddess's voice sounded as it did. And here's the color of worldly power. She folded in my golden ring finger. As far as your pinky, white is the color of divination and prophecy. It's also used to break curses and banish unwanted spirits. Except for the death, that doesn't sound too terrible. Like I said, this is Sarah, like I said, dark doesn't necessarily mean evil. Think about worldly power. It benefits in hands. It's a force for good. But if someone abuses it for personal gain to harm others, it can be terribly destructive. The darkness depends on the witch. 
You said Emily wasn't very good at the higher magics. What about mom? Sarah says Rebecca excelled at them. She went straight from bell, book, and candle to calling down the moon. Some of what I witnessed my mother do when I was a child made sense now, like the night she had conjured race out of a bowl of water. So too did Peter Knox's preoccupation with her. Hmm. Rebecca seemed to lose interest in higher magics once she met your father, though. The only subjects that appealed to her then were anthropology and Stephen. And you, of course, Sarah said. I don't think she worked much higher magic after you were born. <laughs> and the Diana's no. like thinking to herself, mm. not where anyone but me or dad can see. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and she says, why didn't you tell me? And Sarah's like, you didn't want anything to do with magic, remember? Sarah's hazel gaze met mine. I saved some of Rebecca's things just in case you ever showed any ability. The house took the rest. Sarah murmured a spell, an opening spell, based on the threads that suddenly illuminated the room with shades of red, yellow, and green. A cabinet and drawers appeared to the left of the old fireplace built into the ancient masonry. The room filled with a scent of lily of the valley and something heavy and exotic that stirred sharp, uncomfortable feelings within me. Emptiness and yearning, familiarity and dread. Sarah opened up the drawer and took out a chunk of something red and resinous. Dragon's blood. I think I can't smell it without thinking of Rebecca. Sarah sniffed it. The stuff you can get now isn't as good as this, and it costs an absolute fortune. I wanted to sell this and use the proceeds to fix the roof when it collapsed in the blizzard of 93, but M wouldn't let me. What did mom use it for? I said around the lump in my throat. Rebecca made ink from it. Once she used that ink to copy out a charm, the force of it could suck the power out of half the town. There were lots of blackouts in Madison during your mom's teen years. Her spell book should be here somewhere, unless the house ate it while I was gone. That will tell you more. <laughs> and then Diana's like, wait, spell book? What's wrong with a bishop grimoire? Most witches who practice the higher, darker magics keep their own grimoire. It's tradition, Sarah said, rummaging around the cupboard. Nope, it doesn't seem to be here. Despite the pang of disappointment that accompanied Sarah's announcement, I was relieved. I had already had one mysterious book in my life. I wasn't sure I wanted another, even if it might shed light on why Emily had been trying to summon my mother's spirit at Septor. Oh, no. Sarah backed away from the cupboard. The look of horror on her face. And Diana's like, is it a rat? <laughs> My experiences in London had conditioned me to believe that they lurked in every dusty corner. I peered into the cupboard's depths, but only saw a collection of grimy jars containing herbs and roots and an ancient clock radio. Hmm. Its brown cord hung down from the shelf like Cora's tail waving gently in the breeze. I sneezed. As if on cue, a strange metallic clinking and rolling started in the walls, like coins being fed into a jukebox. Oops. The musical grinding that followed, reminiscent of an old record player set to 33 RPM instead of 45 RPM, soon gave way to a recognizable song. I cocked my head. Is that Fleetwood Mac? No, not again. <laughs> no. <laughs> and I'm trying to think how often this radio went off that Sarah's like fucking losing her damn mind. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Sarah looked as if she saw a ghost. I glanced around, but the only invisible presence in the room was Stevie Nicks and a Welsh witch named Rhiannon. In the 70s, the song had been a coming out anthem for scores of witches and wizards. I guess the house is waking up. <laughs> you think? Maybe that was what was upsetting Sarah. Sarah darted to the door and lifted the latch, but it wouldn't budge. She banged on the wooden <laughs> panels. The music got louder. 
This isn't my favorite C.V. Nicks tune either, I said, trying to calm her, but it won't last forever. Maybe you'll like the next song better. <laughs> next song. <laughs> and Sarah's like, the next song is over my head. I know the whole damn album by heart. Your mother listened to it all through her pregnancy. It went on for months, just when Rebecca seemed to get over her obsession. Fleetwood Mac's next album came out. It was hell. <laughs> So maybe not Rebecca, but they sure conjured up her residual energy. Oh, yeah, they sure did. (laughs) And then uh, Diana's like, really? I was always hungry for details about my parents. Fleetwood Mac seems more like dad's kind of band. (laughs) (laughs) Sarah's like, we have to stop this music. Let me try. The harder I push, the louder the music got. There was a momentary pause after Stevie Nicks stopped warbling about Rhiannon. A few seconds later, Christy McVie informed us how nice it was to be in over your head. The window remained closed. And Sarah's like, is this a nightmare? (laughs) She jammed her hands over her ears to block out the sound and then raced to the grimoire and flipped through it. Prudence Willard's dog bite cure. Patient severance method for sweetening sour milk. She flips some more. Clara Bishop's spell for stopping up a drafty chimney. That might work. (laughs) But Diana's like, it's music, not smoke. Both are carried by the air. Sarah rolled up her sleeve. If that doesn't do the trick, we'll try something else. Maybe thunder. I'm really good with thunder. (laughs) And that might interrupt the energy and drive the sound away. Oh, Diana's starting to hum along with the song. <laughs> oh, I wonder. I hope we get this scene. Oh, yes, I hope so, too. too. I mean, I, I hope that they can license the music for an appropriate amount of money. If not, they'll get a nice cover of it. I'm pretty sure. Probably. It was catchy in a 1970s kind of way. Don't you start! Sarah's eyes were going wild. She turned back to the grimoire. Get me some eyebright, please. I'm plugging the coffee maker. I dutifully went to the ancient outlet strip and shoved the coffee maker's cord into it. Electricity leaped from the socket in orange and blue arcs. I jumped back. Um, Sarah, you need a surge protector, preferably one bought in the last decade. (laughs) Or you're going to burn the whole house down. She kept muttering as she put a paper filter into the swing-out basket in the coffee maker, followed by an extensive selection of herbs. Since we were trapped inside the still room and Sarah didn't seem to want my help, I might as well work on the words to accompany my anti-nightmare spells for the children. I went to my mother's cabinet and found some black ink, a quill pen, and a slip of paper. Matthew knocked on the window pane. Are you two all right? I smell something. (laughs) (laughs) And Diana's shouting, a minor electrical problem. (laughs) And uh, she's waving her quill and pen in the air. Then she remembered that Matthew was a vampire and could hear her perfectly well. Uh, So she says, nothing to worry about. Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) Over my head screeched to a halt and... You make loving fun began. Nice choice, I thought, smiling at Matthew, who needed a DJ when you had a magical radio. Oh, God. The house has moved on to their second album. Rumors. I hate rumors. (laughs) (laughs) Where's that music coming from, Matthew frowned. Mom's old clock radio, I pointed with a feather. She liked Fleetwood Mac. I glanced at my aunt, who was reciting the words to Clara Bishop's spell with her hands clapped over her ears. (laughs) Or Sarah doesn't. 
Ah, Matthew's brow cleared. I'll leave you to it then. He pressed his hand against the glass in a silent gesture of farewell. My heart filled. Loving Matthew wasn't all I wanted to do, but he was definitely the only one for me. I wish there wasn't a pane of glass between us so I can tell him so. Glass is only sand and fire. One puff of smoke later, a pile of sand laid on the windowsill. <laughs> magic is desire made real. Her magic is working all kinds of things right now. I reached through the empty square in the window frame and clasped his hands. Thanks for checking on us. It's been an interesting afternoon. I have a lot to tell you. Matthew blinked at her twined hands. And then she's just talking. <laughs> He's like, what the fuck just happened here? <laughs> and she's like, uh, you make me very happy, you know. And he's like, okay, I try. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then Diana says, you succeed. Do you think Fernando can rescue Sarah? I lowered my voice. The house has jammed the still room doors and the windows shut. She's about to blow. She's going to need a cigarette when she gets out and a stiff drink. Fernando hasn't rescued a woman in distress for some time, but I'm sure he remembers how, <laughs> Matthew assured me. <laughs> Will the house let him? Give it five minutes or until the music stops, whichever comes first. I pulled free and blew him a kiss. It had rather more fire and water than usual and enough air behind it to land with a decided smack on his cheek. Well, huh, her magic is just on top of it today. Yeah. I returned to the work table and dipped my mother's quill into the ink. It smelled of blackberries and walnuts. Thanks to my experience with Elizabethan writing implements, I was able to write out the charm for Sarah's dream pillows without a single splotch. Mirror shimmers, monsters shake, banished nightmares until we wake. I blew on it gently to set the ink. Very respectable, I decided. It was much better than my spell for conjuring fire. It was easy enough for children to remember. When the pods were dry and the paper covering rubbed off, I'd write the charm in tiny letters right on their silvery surface. Eager to show my work to Sarah, I slid down from the stool. One look at her face convinced me to put it off until my aunt had had her whiskey and a smoke. She had been hoping for decades that I'd show an interest in magic. I could wait another 20 minutes for my great and sleeping charms 101. <laughs> a slight tingle behind me alerted me to a ghostly presence. A moment before, a hug as soft as down settled around my shoulders. Nice job, Peanut, whispered a familiar voice. Excellent taste in music, too. I didn't remember that at all. <laughs> <laughs> when I turned my head, there was nothing except a faint smudge of green. I didn't need to see my father to know he was there. Thanks, Dad, I said softly. And that is the end. What you guys think? Oh, it was a good chapter. It yeah, was a good chapter. I liked it. Anything to add? No, I just like, that I didn't. I was I didn't so happy, Stephen. Neither did I. Yeah, I was so happy yeah. to discover that little tidbit I missed. So, do you think maybe, um, as opposed to Rebecca making that music, do you think it was Stephen? Sarah thought it was Rebecca mm -hmm. that loved that music and was like making it happen. Do you think it was Stephen that well, was triggering that music? She did say that's more my dad's music. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I still really got the sense that it was Rebecca's and maybe Stephen's. Maybe that's what was attracted to it. Yeah. Or maybe it was his influence that got Rebecca loving it. Yeah. yeah but know. the thing was, everybody, that album was number one on Billboard, Billboard for over a year. So pretty much everybody loved it except Sarah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and people are starting to love rumors again, too. Yes. So it's yes. like, I didn't even know this music existed. What, what is, is this? this music? It's like, how could you not know who Stevie Nicks is? Right. The chain's my favorite. Though. Oh, God. I like Landslide. I also 
tend to like Belladonna overall. That's a her solo yeah. album much, much more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that yeah. album. All right. I think we can close it. Yes. Going once, going twice, everybody. So, so, so. Let's go on to housekeeping. Yay. Housekeeping. Housekeeping <laughs> is brought to us by Nancy Forrester. Thank you, Nancy. Thank you, Nancy. Oh, you have a long one. I do have a long one. And it's from Lori. And it's, Hi, Lori. it's kind of, it's kind of a combo review and observations. Okay. I just posted an Apple Podcast re- review, keeping you alive, Angela. I wanted to Yay. be able to share more, so I decided to add an email to y'all as well. I hope this message finds you well. I just finished listening to episode 71, the latter third of which is dedicated to the discussion of George Floyd's murder and your perspectives on the protests and outrage that was expressed in our cities and towns and villages in the aftermath of that horrendous event. I couldn't agree more with your assessments and prescriptions. We truly have a lot of work to do, all of us. We won't ever be done with that work. I consider every human a work in progress and from the day we are born till the day we die. We must accept change. That's all there is to it. Adapt or die. Think and stay alive. We certainly have no shortages of problems and challenges facing us we need to work on. Systemic racism topping the list. For more than 400 years, the white people on this continent have been exploiting, harming, and killing those who do not like them. It's well past time to stop. I only started listening to the podcast after our governor ordered us to shelter in place this past spring. I started with binge mode Harry Potter and then decided to look for an All Souls equivalent. I just now feel as though I'm getting caught up with you. I have not donated yet through Patreon. Our son installed a pie hole on our home network a few months ago to block adware and malware and now it's not letting me go there. But I promise I will do it from my computer at work when I next have reason to go to the office. I am not new to the books. Another side effect of the quarantine has been a marked uptick in my book consumption and part of that was a third reading of the trilogy this past summer. Goddess bless Deborah Harkness for her work. I started a small book club, in quotes, with a couple of my friends back in about 2010. We don't all read the same book and then discuss it. We just read a lot and then talk about all the things we've read in the last month and then trade titles with one another. It really has been a 10-year excuse to meet, drink Pete's coffee, and solve the problems of the world. Not too different (laughs) than what the three of you do in your podcast. Anyways. This is true. Very true. (laughs) This is true. Anyways, I digress. One of my two book club mates recommended Discovery Witches back when it was new. By the next meeting, both our third member and I had read the book, and we all three agreed it was wonderful. Like you, we then had the agony of waiting for Sun and T-Ball to come out. What I remember Mm. most about my first read through was through all the books was how, as a lesbian, I identified with the treatment of other that weaves through the books. I have bent the narrative to be all about me and my journey navigating the straight world over these past many decades. I was convinced Deb was using vampire, demon, and witch as metaphors for all the human others there are, whether they be different because of their sexual orientation, sexual identity, race, religion, or class. My experience mm-hmm. bent the rays of her story like a prison bends the light. Mm-hmm. I, when I read them all the second time, <laughs> I can remember racing through to get to the end. I recall thinking I had missed a ton of detail on my first read, but was so anxious about Benjamin and pinning down some of the more minor characters that I had totally sped through the first two books to get to the third. Again, wow. lots of details missed. Yep. Anyways, this email is way too long already, and I just want to finish by saying maybe the quarantine helped Help me slow down, take my time, and enjoy the ride a bit more on my third reading this past summer. 
That reading all happened before I discovered you and your fabulous podcast. I can say with certainty, listening to the three of you will help inform my next pass through the trilogy whenever that might happen. May the spirit of light shine down on you and your families now and always. Blessed be Lori. Thank you, Lori. Thank you, Lori. Wow. That was good. Yeah. It's true, though. It's true. Every time you read it, you pick up something something different. It affects you in a different way. And Deb meant it that way. Deb meant you to read it and take your personal experience about being othered. Mm Because everybody's been othered for some reason or another. Mm -hmm. Yes. And then you can kind of interpret it. If you look through different lens, what Lori said kind of made me go through an exercise as like made me think the next time I read this stuff, I need to go through an exercise and read it through a lens of somebody who is homosexual, maybe, or someone who has a different religion and has been persecuted for that. You know, it applies to so many different things that people get othered for. Yes. So... And that's important to remember. We all get othered for something. It's just, you know, mm-hmm. make sure you don't other people. Just think about your own experience. Use some empathy but. and put yourself in their shoes. Yep. There we go. What do you have, Angeli? Oh, shit. <laughs> What'd you say? Angeli. <laughs> Angeli. What do you ha- have, Angela? I have just a little old five-star review. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. This review is from Beth Hop 766 from the great USA. Yay! And she says, if you love All Souls, a Discovery of Witches for you TV show fans and funny women, this podcast is for you. Listening to Valerie, Angela, and Jean really brightens my day, whether they're talking about books in the TV show or just riffing among themselves. Their enthusiasm and friendliness are a go-to source of comfort, entertainment, and often, often actual knowledge. I'm sure I speak for many fans when I thank you for all the time and hard work you put into the podcast, especially since you all have jobs and families and lives, etc. Beth. Oh, thank, thank you, Beth. Beth. Yeah, thank you. <sighs> that felt nice. Yes. Yeah. I liked it. That kept me alive right there. I will take the acknowledgement today. Thank you very yes. much. <laughs> <laughs> And um, yeah, I definitely appreciate the outpouring of good reviews because and support and support, especially. okay, we got our first like one star. And if you didn't hear that, I guess it was like a four minute episode I put out just to let you you guys know what was going on. That shit hit me hard. Oh, my God. It was like, how dare you? And what pissed me off? I would have even taken it for the content that we use. You know, Mm -hmm. what pissed me off is they said something like rarely ever on time and i'm like or never on time and i'm like how dare how dare you we're always on time except for the times we aren't which was like five times in the last four years and those even got a apology heads up saying hey we're gonna be late so that hit me hard i i took that hard I was like, whoa. But then, you know, we got a lot of encouraging reviews afterwards. Like, yeah, yeah don't take that to heart. It's kind of, and you tend to do that as a person, yeah. as a human. Mm-hmm. You you hear bad things and you focus on that. And then you kind of, you know, not pay attention to all the good you get. Well, so, right. I, I, 
in that that particular drag was really uncalled for because goddess knows Val, you have the heavy the heavy side of the couch with the editing and everything else, and you are so good about making sure we stay on schedule and stay on time and and keep everybody who listens to us sane because they're counting on right. us. <laughs> Apparently, well, at least that's what they're telling us. They're counting on us. Yeah, so we, yeah. we don't want to let you guys down, and and then. That hurts because it's yeah. simply yeah. not true. Yeah. I yeah. don't know. That, you know me, the logical side of it. I'm like, if we're never on time, how do you? How do we have a regular schedule? And how do you know that we're yeah. not on time if we're never right. on time? Yes. <laughs> if you're never on time, then, you know, we're rarely on time. Then we don't have a re- regular schedule. And then <laughs> then it's like whenever we put it out. No, no, the aim is every two weeks, every every fortnight that, you know, that's the aim. But sometimes we can't match it up because... As Beth mentioned, we do have jobs, lives, yeah. families, things, responsibilities. And COVID. And, <laughs> and COVID. And this is not how we make our living. No, this just pays for itself. Our Patreon pays for the podcast. So that's yeah. all it is. Yeah. I, I, of course, then distill it down to a Hamilton nugget when Angelica told Burr, she's like, oh, you disgust me. And Burr's like, ah, so you've disgust me. <laughs> That's how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> We're Thank you for mind. not casting me as Burr. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I, hey, you know, that that's what it is. It's like you felt a certain kind of way to write it down. So that's passion in a way, too. So mm-hmm. there you go. There's that. But I can say that weeks out, weeks away from that nasty <laughs> little one star. Yeah. <laughs> but as Angela and Jean pointed out to me, hey, now we can say we have one. Yeah, we're legit. <laughs> we're legit now. <laughs> we got a bad review. Look at that. Okay. Aww, isn't it nice? <laughs> that is nice. At least they didn't criticize our sexual content. That usually happens to all my, my uh, writer friends with their runs with Star I know. Reviews. What do you mean there's sex in this book? <laughs> I would have totally laughed. They cuss too much. <laughs> my my favorite, <laughs> favorite one my friend Jana got was, there's too much anal in this book. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> She used it for an ad. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, I mean, our proverbial <sighs> cherries were popped. Yeah, yeah. See, now somebody write a bad review about what I said. <laughs> you right you're there. popping cherries. <laughs> you're, that's right. <laughs> so, now we have that one-star review. Okay. So, I have one. Mm-hmm. It is a snail mail. Ooh, yay. yay. And it is from Becca. Hey, Becca. Thank you, Becca. Becca, thank you so much for what you sent us. It's going in the pile of stuff I have to send to Angela and Jean. And I I promised them after the election, the pile of wine from Kimberly that I have to send out because we're going to probably need it after that. Yeah, and, <laughs> definitely. And I don't know what to call these. These are like wooden camp. She kind of cut out little wooden boxes and she decoupaged a uh, shape of Washington Illinois and Texas and it said something about friends you know it doesn't matter how far we are I don't have it in front of me so I can't say it but (laughs) it was about our friendship the three of us and it was just so sweet so I'm going to send Angela and Jean's out with the gift we got from Kimberly after the election 
So Becca she's, is all I lost heart. you guys. She is. Oh my God. We love you, Becca. Yeah. Anyway, she sent a card along with it. She said, Dear Lady Demons, just a little something from the heart to thank you for keeping us sane right now. Love to you all. Stay safe. Be well. Becca Vork. Thank you, Becca. Oh, so that's it. And now we're going on to save it for the show. Jean, are you still there? Maybe I just there lost you. Oh, she's I lost you. Oh, no. You still, still hear here. me, though. Yeah. yeah, I hear you. Okay. Oh, no. Here oh, she is. There I am. I'm back. Yay. There you are. Yay. I got some weird message about losing your recordings, but I know we're not recording on this. So thankfully. Thank goodness. All right. So now it's time for Save It for the Show. This episode, Save It for the Show, is brought to us by Amy Green. Thank you, Amy. Thank you, Amy. Thank you. Save it for the show. Save it for the show. Guys, save it for the show. All right, so save it for the show this time. Let's finally talk about the trailer. Yay! I love that trailer. Yeah. Yeah. I just feel like my expectations, I mean, we often say that amongst ourselves, is that sometimes the population doesn't know what they want until you give it to them. And that's how I feel. That I, I don't really have expectation. I learned from the Book of Life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they keep, they, they keep smashing whatever my expectation is, whatever it is ends up being and it this is it looks lush it looks beautiful Mm -hmm. it looks amazing so what is the disclaimer deb told us before everything is out of context it's like trying to give you a smorgasbord of a 10 a 10 episode show in a one minute and 57 seconds yeah it's just i mean and she's right it's designed to be eye candy and enticing and it is yeah god yes human nature is such that you're going to try to put it together like a puzzle oh yeah and i think people got on her nerves by doing that (laughs) (laughs) i mean even we did it It it's like huh yeah but we didn't do it publicly in front of under her nose and and then try and argue with her when she's like "Mm, you're on the wrong track What? Who, who would do that? Oh my God. They were going around in circles about the wedding dress. What, what is what is apparently the wedding dress, the mm-hmm. beautiful. The breathtaking picture you see yes, at the end. At the end. Yeah. And so, going back and forth about whether it's the dress from court. You know, some people kept insisting, no, 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 it's the dress from the court. And she was trying to do her teacher thing with the breadcrumbs. And yeah. people were still right. arguing with her. Well, unfortunately, people made the leap because they had the trailer and the con panel. And then Teresa mentioned her court dress, which she loved. Uh Um, And then the trailer showed her in the wedding dress and people were thinking it was the one in the same dress. And, you know, but it's like they didn't say that. You're just making that assumption. Yeah. Right. You're, you're, You're taking that leap. The hint that Deb left, and I didn't even look further into pictures. The hint that Deb left is like, look at the picture, look for the hints. And the thing... I noticed was the pearls woven through her hair. And the fact her hair was down like a a maid on her wedding day. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, that's her wedding dress. Yeah. No. You guys were clever and deducted. Someone just showed me a picture of a behind the scenes with the, the guy who married them. Remember he put the, the picture up briefly and it got taken yep. down? Oh, yeah. yeah. They showed me that. I'm like, oh, that is the wedding. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to find that picture because I was like, oh, here's like the, the proof to shut all these people arguing that it's a court dress, but I couldn't find the picture. Yeah. I knew it was out there. I'm like, no, that's a, that's a dress. <laughs> that's a dress from that behind the scenes photo that got yanked down. I, I just kept thinking of the pearls, the pearls woven through her hair. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's her. Yeah, that's sure. It. So what else has happened? Let's see. Oh, we got the cover for Shadow of Night. Well, I was going to say, also, we, we got, finally got to hear James Purfoy speak as Philippe. Yes. Yes. Oh. yes. yes. Oh, I was even yes. excited. 
that was so much yes. But I was even yesing to Goody, getting a glimpse of her. I'd love oh, her. Yeah. And, and, and Kit. We actually Kit, got yeah. to see Tom Hughes' face this time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For a millisecond. For a millisecond with it, to him and his um, pouty pout and floppy hair. Yeah. There was a lot packed into that trailer. There was trailer. a ton packed into that trailer. And it was just delicious. And the, the old temple. And oh my gosh. Yeah. Queen Elizabeth. I'm trying to think what else was so wonderful about it. Louisa was in that millisecond as well. Yes, yeah. Louisa was in that millisecond as well. Um, we got the coven. I think I'm thinking we may have gotten Walpurgis. Yeah, with the, with the bonf- bonfire and the the witches. I think this mm-hmm. is going to be a little bit darker mood wise. Yeah. Well, a little bit I think you're, you're right on. I mean, they even said as much and when they were trying to sum up season two in yeah. a word and I, Teresa said dark. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's also physically dark. It was hard to see a lot of things in that trailer. <laughs> <laughs> it is the Renaissance. So yeah, it is. It's <laughs> no like electricity the, back then. The, the lighting's kind of <laughs> shitty. <laughs> yeah. The book seems darker too. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird that, you know, that, that that's our favorite. So. No, it's not. <laughs> it's it it's not weird at all that it's our favorite, dear. <laughs> <laughs> witches can't lie to other witches and yeah. demons. <laughs> uh, no, it's not weird that that's our favorite, but yeah. I wouldn't point out that it was because, like, if somebody asked me why that's my favorite, I wouldn't say because it's dark, yo. You know? Yeah, yeah. I, I would say it's because there's so much in there, and you can get lost in it. It's just wonderful. It's rich, and I, yeah. I and I think it's going to be very rich on the screen too. Mm-hmm. Yes. See, oh no, that's the advantage of having, that was the advantage of having to wait for the book of life and all we have uh-huh. is Shadow of Night to ruminate and go through. So that's why we know that book like the back of our hands. Oh yeah. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. I tell you one thing that I know, I, I shouldn't say I know, but I, I suspect we won't be getting is any congregation snippets in the 16th century, which I wish we would. Yeah, I, I kind of want to see Domenico and Gerbert and tricked out and tricked out in Tudor gear. <laughs> I kind of wonder what they're talking about. Like, where do they think Diane and Matthew are? Yeah. You know, I can't wait. I can't wait to dig into all that, too. So we also got a glimpse of the new cover, Shadow of Night. They're beautiful. Yeah. The trailer was the perfect segue to that. Yeah. Yes. And that uh, did we figure if we figured out that was the dress that um, didn't they make a matching dress for Poet? Yes. With the cover dress. Yeah. That cover, cover dress. And that was the dress Teresa was wearing. Wearing when she received Belia's gifts. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So that's awesome. That, that cover, that cover was so well put together. It really yeah. was. It really was. There's so much more to build on. It's like really mm-hmm. <laughs> cell block foundation is the discovery of witches. And then they were able to build so much more on the second cover. I really yes. wondered why didn't they, they didn't put Oxford in the back of yes. them. Yeah. You would think that's what they would do, but no. Can like, can, they can afford they can afford a stock picture of Oxford for God's sake. <laughs> a little background, come yeah, on, just get a yeah. good open open up the wallet and license something from Getty for God's sake. Well, I, hey, they didn't have to do a lot for the cover for that, uh, which is good. Yeah. I mean, maybe they didn't have the budget for a good graphic design for you know. <laughs> just give me the picture. Here you go. Yeah, <laughs> you know? but maybe the budget's improved, and they. Well, I this mean, is true. With the lighting, and you could tell there was some digital work done on there. It was, oh my God. Very nice. Very, very nice. Amazing. Amazing. I loved it. So, yeah, the show is coming, guys. Yeah. <laughs> right around the corner. 
I know. Soon, we're going to have to get our shit together and start recording episodes on that. Yep. So there's that. I have to put that on my to-do list. This is for sure. Get our shit together. <laughs> get shit together. <laughs> get shit together. But right now... uh it's one thing at a time. All Souls Con first. Yes. That. And all of you are, well, we're recording on Halloween, so all of you are enjoying the first uh, weekend worth of panels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we're on the third yeah. weekend. Wine, right? women, and song. Is that the theme? Well, I'm just saying we've got the, uh, our wine panel, the archetype panel on women, mm-hmm. which is a companion piece. Well, it's not ours, but it's a companion piece to our archetype talk from Cardiff on the male heroes of the trilogy. Right. And we've got song with the Atlanta Fujian's multimedia presentation that Dr. Don is putting on. So there's your wine, women, and song. Good observation. I guess I'll watch that sometime this weekend. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So there's that. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else that we have to do. Well, I mean, we, uh, we have a giveaway going on right now. Mm-hmm. Thanks for everyone for turning out. We're getting a very, uh, oh, yeah. very nice uh, yeah. return on that as far as everybody entering. So that's our Halloween giveaway. That's going to end soon. So I think you guys can look forward to, I think we came up with a, another one, right? The one with, uh, are we going to redo the fall giveaway from the past two years? Mm-mm. We decided on something else. Oh, right. All oh, right. All oh, right. All oh, right. Okay. That's going to be a surprise, guys. Yes. <laughs> it's a good one, though. Never mind. <laughs> That's a surprise. I also, uh, speaking of giveaways, I also want to reach out to those who reached out on, to us. And we sent a last minute discusser email. And I'm going to go and send those three that responded to us so quickly, the new shit I got. (laughs) (laughs) So, yay. So what do we have? It was Barbara, Chloe, and Zoe. There we go. Watch out for your mail. I'm going to send you some of the new shit we just got. It's awesome. I'm just trying it out. You know, Sticker Mule has sales and I'm like, oh, let's buy a bunch of it. And then I'm like, eh, I don't know. Sticker Mule is just not stickers. Yeah. No, I'm not going to tell you what I'm sending you. It'll be a surprise. It's a surprise. It's new shit. It's good. It's good. So congratulations, Chloe, Zoe, and Barbara. You can just send an Australian package. I I don't think I've sent one before. No, I have. I have for Patreon before. So there's that. And then we have that new giveaway coming up. Maybe I'll do an emoji giveaway next time. Next time we record. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Anything else for the save it for the show, guys? Anything that's been going on as far as the fandom is concerned that we uh, do to our recording being, you know, time walkie (laughs) have not covered? on the panel that that accompanied the trailer oh right yeah we we scored double <laughs> on the and how did we score how did we score double gene uh a- angela's lovely question from demons discuss was the opener for the q a panel demons domain for the comic-con panel mm-hmm. demons domain had the opening question which was quite a shock and surprise and caused a little happy dance, at least here in Texas. <laughs> and apparently my question as Testerosa's mom caused Mr. Good to do a little happy dance. <laughs> <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> Complete with a demonstration. 
That was hilarious. I will put that video leave in the a, show notes, guys. Leave it to my innocent question to turn into a dick joke. Yeah. <laughs> and leave it, leave it to us to turn it straight up into a straight up dick joke. <laughs> right. I mean, Matthew kind of started it, but we finished it. <laughs> I think he's a kindred spirit. I think so, too. I think so, too. <laughs> Anything else you guys can think of? No, just to add on to that, though, obviously, he said that Teresa and he were cracking up at that. And uh, <laughs> James awesome. Purefoy was trying to stay in character and chant in Greek and everything. But then that would be me trying yeah. to not, stay, not to go in the ditch. And then I have you guys going in the ditch. <laughs> Are you sure you want to cast me as uh, General Washington when we do our Hamilton costume? <laughs> yes. Yes. I can't keep a straight face for anything. <laughs> uh-huh. Yes. When we're able to costume ourselves, this is how we're going to do it. Yep. Oh my God, that's going to be so fun! I know. I'm going to look f- something to look forward to. So the, the goal is next Halloween. Yes, yeah, next Halloween. And I, I, I want you guys. And I'm not saying thousands of dollars, just maybe a couple hundred. I want you guys to go all out so we can have very nice costumes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Okay. Oh, trust me. If you guys haven't guessed, that, we're doing Hamilton. <laughs> we're doing Hamilton. Um, Gender uh, bent Ham- Hamilton. That's right. Angela is going to be Hamilton. Jean is going to be George Washington. And I'm going as Thomas Jefferson. Yay! Yay! So perfect. <laughs> That's our goal. That's provided there's a vaccine and everything. Then maybe we can get together for Halloween and dress up. Yes. Damn it. Damn We're going to do this right. That's right. Because we owe Angela a birthday drink. Yes. Yay! Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Stick around with us. And after this, we'll do last thoughts and things we can't let go of or something. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) There's a preposition at the end of that. Of. (laughs) This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. You can contact us, send us your thoughts, email us at demonsdiscuss at gmail.com. Leave us a voicemail at 360-519-7836. By the way, your carrier rates apply here. Or leave one for free on SpeakPipe, speakpipe.com slant demonsdiscuss. Now, if you can't remember any of that, go to go.demonsdiscuss.com slant contact, and all that information will be there. You can also become a discusser there, fill out the form, and bam, you're a discusser. And the link to join our Facebook group is there too. Visit our main site, demonsdomain.com. And if you really feel like deep diving, go to visit.demonsdomain.com slant master post. And you can read interviews, geek out with weekly geeks about all souls universe. Read about the characters. Keep that geek flag flying, guys. Do you like what we do? Help us fund what we do. Go to patreon.com slant demons discuss. Make sure you follow us on social media. We are on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, all at demons discuss. If you're liking what you're hearing and you want to tell the world about it, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We love them. We read them. It's wonderful. Also, it keeps Angela alive and we need her around, okay? Keep Angela alive. My last 
just thought I, I've been playing with this idea for a long time and it has to do with actually Shadow of Night. Um, the very last chapter when we bounce back to 1593 and Kit is dead and Annie is with Shakespeare. Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. Well, I've been playing with this concept that th- that chapter is actually an anomaly. It's an anomaly chapter and the first timeline anomaly is actually Shakespeare's success. Mm-hmm. Go on. Um, I'm acting as if I'd never heard this theory no, before. But, but, the, <laughs> but the new thing about this theory is, um, well, and it has to do with the fact that up until then, there's like a, a big six or seven year chunk, especially, which includes the 1590, which is the setting for Shadow of Night, mm-hmm. where we know absolutely nothing about what it's kind of like his dark years. Yeah. There's no real written record about what's going on with Shakespeare. Presumably, he's writing a lot and everything else, which is probably also why Matthew and those guys are mocking him as being a magpie and, and second rate and everything else. But Annie's put into his household for a brief amount of time. Because she's in his household, the chess piece ends up there. Because of their time walk, Galloglass remains in his life as far as like using him as a forger and telling him stories about fairies and everything else and, and writing things he otherwise wouldn't write about. Right. And, and then, and this, this is the, the thing that's been niggling at my brain for a while now is that he, they, they find the bit of prose in hidden in the chess piece. Right. Shakespeare wasn't supposed to find that, obviously. No. Who was? That's the thing that's mm. keeping me awake at light, night right now. Mm. Was that, did Kit put this in motion and, and make sure that it gets to Annie and gets to the Normans because he thought that it was last message he could send to Matthew? I'm thinking so. Yeah. That's who it was meant for. Yeah. But Shakespeare got, got it instead. And that's why I think he's like the first timeline. And um, the fact that he became, he totally overshadowed Kit Marlowe is the first anomaly. Wow. I know. Weird. You do a lot of thinking. You're I think so my brain works. <laughs> <laughs> I'm lucky my if I can get to like. Hot. <laughs> I'm lucky if I can remember to find my keys, dude. <laughs> oh, I, I, I lose track of those too. Don't worry. <laughs> but that's my last thought for today. Robert said that the other day. He's like, why can I remember the lyrics to this song that I haven't heard in 50 years? However, I can't find my fucking wallet. Yeah, He knows the lyrics to some Led Zeppelin song that never made any sense anyways. Right. (laughs) And he's not singing about the douche and and Rover in the night either. (laughs) (laughs) Which is a different song entirely, but... Uh, Angela, what do you have? What do I have? Just a continuation of, it looks like the up budget for season two. I mean, which leads me to season three, because uh, just the very few behind the scenes we got to see of season three filming so far, Matthew looks spectacular. His hair looks, I don't want to say everything I ever dreamed of, but it's how I wanted his hair to be in season one. Season one. He He's got so all severe. black clothes on. He was yeah. so severe in season one. It was like they were oh, they were overdoing the whole, look at me, I'm a scary vampire. Yeah. Well, and I don't was, know, someone took a curling iron to his hair that, and did a, that. Did a bomb big boy. Yes. <laughs> I, I did that in seventh grade by accident. Yes. <laughs> and then hairsprayed it. <laughs> Bob's big boy. <laughs> it looked like it was curled upwards just a certain way. And, uh, yeah. And it was on purpose because it was every episode. Yeah. yeah. 
And his, yeah, I, I won't get into the whole critique, but yeah, my yeah. Whole point was was that, <laughs> yeah, he looks very Matthew Claremont in season three. He was head to toe black and that's not necessarily a requirement, but he looked more expensive. Yes. The, 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 not so off the rack. Yeah. The pricier vampire, which is the preference. I adored the dresses. They really impressed me with that. I mean, from the the rough from the wedding oh, scene. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. And that dress, uh the dress from um, Shadow of Night. Oh my oh. god. Mm-hmm. Oh, that rough. Like I pointed out to you guys in in, in the message, it's like I was flipping through um Frockflix did their Dracula retrospective and all of a sudden it's like wait a minute. It's a st- that rough is almost a stand-up version of the one from Lucy's wedding dress, the lace ruff that she has. Mm, and yeah. and was like, oh, well, that's kind of scary and cool. Right. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to be inspired by costumes, the costumes from that movie, good choice. Yeah. Nice. Anything else on Angela? You got? No. Mm-hmm. No. All right. I'm going to do a bit of housekeeping and then we can close it out. So first thing I want to mention, like I said last episode, please have some patience after the giveaways are over. We are in giveaway season right now. After the giveaways are over, please don't pester us about who won because we have 72 hours to confirm confirm and then the person that has won the prize the person we contacted has 72 hours to respond so sometimes that might take a little bit longer most of the time it doesn't but sometimes it does so just have patience we will announce the winner we won't just be like yeah someone won whatever yeah you know we do announce the winner you'll usually find that on social media yeah. usually I, we put out a post and say check your emails we have a winner yes we and- will always email you if you won we are not going to announce the name of a winner prior to confirming it with them because this doesn't happen in our fandom but in other fandoms uh and giveaways a lot of times when people if they announce on the posts where the giveaway goes on, you know, who the winner is. There have actually been people who clone Facebook accounts and whatnot in order to steal the prizes. Yeah. It happens a lot. And this is another reason why we use Rafflecopter too. Yes. It's for the security of the winner. And then, so we're not duped into giving a prize away to someone who doesn't deserve it. Yeah. Frankly. I see. So there's that. I want to thank our discussers again for responding so quickly because I think I gave people two days. If that, less than two days. If that. We decided, what was it, on Thursday? Yeah. That we were going to record on Saturday. That's how quick that decision happened. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I know I have been skipping discusser emails, but I'm like, eh, let's throw one out there and see who responds. So thank you so thank much. Thank you. Thank you for responding. And that's why I'm sending out prizes because I feel very Oprah-y. Oprah-y? Oprah-ish. <laughs> Oprah-ish. Oprah-like. Yes. <laughs> I feel like giving away prizes because we just got some cool stuff in the mail. And and yeah, that's going to be cool. And also, um, every time Sticker Mule has a sale, I'm running out, out of ideas. So I went to Jean this time and I was like, what should we put on a sticker? And Jean came up with a really good mm-hmm. one. And I can't wait to see that, how that 
that comes out. Matter of fact, I'm going to hold off on sending you you guys' stuff. And that's to Zoe, Chloe, and Barbara. And wait till we get this next thing in. It should be here next week. And then I'll include that in the package, too. You'll be the first one to be getting these. So yes. Thank Surprise. you. Thank you. Yay. So maybe the rest of you who are on this discusser email list might want to respond a little quickly. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Not saying anything, just saying. There may be incentives. <laughs> right. Not saying anything, just saying. So there's that. Uh, the reviews, keep them coming. We got a lot of good ones, but keep them coming. I'll put a bunch of links in the show notes. For those of you who don't have Apple Podcasts, you have a whole bunch of different ways to leave us a review and we'll be able to get that. And let me think, let me think, let me think. Uh, we have two giveaways to plan. Oh, also the after show. That's another thing I wanted to say. The after show, we're not actually recording it after this. We are going to put out a very special after show for you patrons. We just kind of decided to do one after our panel with Dr. Shelley Carter and she agreed to record an after show with us. So patrons, you'll be receiving that next week. Yep. So there's that. Yay. Always good fun. That's all I have. I don't have anything else. I've run out. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So anything else, guys? Nope. Nope. All right. Let's say goodbye. Bye, Bye, everybody. Bye. Demon kiss. And we'll talk to you in a fortnight. That's me being optimistic. Okay. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's stop. Mm